Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of the Without Context podcast. Uh, I am Deckable, of course, joined with Sharky Hat, and how's that? Yeah, two people this Those time. guys. On one screen. It is, uh, we have Hug back with us. Don't Google that. Yeah. Hello. We have Hug back with us. You guys remember her from a, a few, probably about six or seven episodes ago, where we had her on talking about her creative endeavors. And now we are joined by the Mad Magus, a friend of Hugs here, who is also the co-host of a show that we wanted to talk about today called Lorecraft, which had their session zero, they called it, uh, on stream a few days ago. And it was very informative. And we're here to kind of talk about that and also topics related to that. Laurel of Lorecraft. People kept saying <laughs> people kept saying Lovecraft in the chat, and we we're like, no, yeah. it's not Lovecraft. Nope, it is nope, Lorecraft. Not Lovecraft. Yeah, yeah. Get read, there. Get read, read there. this read the stream title. <laughs> get him out of Lorecraft there. Lorecraft and oh. chill. It's just the uh the running joke on this podcast of uh anytime there's a problematic creator or somebody we just don't want to talk about we just replace them with Hatsune Miku now so the Call of Cthulhu written by <laughs> Hatsune Miku and not <laughs> Lovecraft which means if you two are doing are, are doing uh, Lovecraft you are on thin ice <laughs> thin ice oh no thin ice. but yeah so we brought them on uh, if you want to give everybody a little refresh about yourself yeah of course Hi, everybody. I'm Hug Monster, Hug, Huggy, whatever you want to call me, as long as it's respectful. I am a variety VTuber on Twitch, a freelance writer, and I love hugs. That's just, that's just me. It's bueno. It's in the name. It is in the name. <laughs> and uh, Matt, if you want to introduce yourself to the audience. Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm the Mad Magus. I go by many names, but titles tend to last longer, so that's kind of what's stuck. Uh, I am, uh, I guess you could say, pre-debut for you know, VTuber. Um, I actually dabbled with it about eight months ago uh, as a as a lark, as a hobby, and it turned out to be really fun. I uh, met some fantastic people along the way, and I said, you know what, I want to do this. Uh, really kind of put my all into it because I think there's some real magic that can uh, be done here. So uh, I have a new model that's being made. In fact, the PNG that you see here is... Uh, a little sneak peek at that, um, and I should be uh, starting up full time streaming here, uh, ideally by the end of the month. Nice. And uh, do you have any particular, you know, content that you're going to be doing on live stream? Is it going to be gaming, D and D content, kind of a mix of everything? You know, I I hear the term variety, you know, streamer tossed around a lot, <clears throat> kind of like as a catch all, but I think we all tend to have our favored content. I definitely don't like the the niche concept uh where it's like oh i only stream horror games no i love horror games but uh, eventually i get burned out um so i would say that i'm technically variety but big juicy badonkadonk but here is that i love uh D &D, i love pathfinder i love tabletop role-playing games so i would simply adore the opportunity to get into that in some capacity i love horror games i love cozy chill games so really um it's just kind of kind of where the stars take us. Yeah, it's always a good uh, good place to start. Kind of doing everything and see what you know people enjoy the most out of it. Right, and I think 
as time goes by, I'll probably refine it and kind of find what works for me. But until then, you know, we're just going to see, uh, we're going to throw spaghetti on the wall and see what sticks. Fair enough. As long as you don't throw spaghetti on the motherboard, that'll be great. <laughs> don't, yeah, don't do that. So, yeah, so we uh, mentioned earlier, you guys had started a show on Hugs live stream, or at least on her channel. I don't know if you guys are going to be doing it back and forth across channels or not uh called lorecraft and you guys for probably i think about an hour or so talked about you know session zeros and the importance of them and you know setting expectations at the table and we've done a show on or an episode on this show with a few other dms about that a long time ago and uh it was always nice hearing that conversation uh i think when i talked to hug about it there wasn't really like a set schedule or anything you guys had in mind. Um, let's kind of talk about, you know, the where did this whole idea start? Well, uh, Lorecraft and Chill started over the fact that I missed doing podcasts. I missed hanging. I used to do a podcast with a former friend of mine, and I had stopped that back in like almost two years ago now and uh just really wanted to get back into that scene and i wanted to do something that i was passionate about rather than just the first podcast was oh we're gonna do whatever we feel like on each hey, week it's us i'm not trying to call you out i'm just saying it i wanted to do something a little bit more i guess niche especially when it comes to lore and i couldn't think of anyone better to do it with than my friend matt's because we have this great love of lore and writing and ttrpgs and stuff like that so it just it just worked out Excellent. And uh, how did you feel about this, uh, Mads? Was it something that Hug brought to you, or did you suggest the idea? Like, who was the originator of it? Ooh, that is a that is a chicken or the egg kind of kind of question. <laughs> um, uh, this has been an idea that has been germinating uh, in the back of my mind for a long, long while. To be honest, um, I find the expression of creativity to be probably one of the major um, joys in life. <clears throat> Not just as, as somebody that draws a picture or paints a picture, but, you know, writes a story or uh, interpretive dance, you know, things like that. We, the, the human spirit is just amazing uh, when it comes to the potential for expression. Uh, and I feel as a, I've been a DM or a storyteller, I prefer the term storyteller. DM Dungeon Master game. I've also been called Dungeon Master in more than one ways. Uh, and it's been, you know, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. But uh, we... Demonetized. <laughs> Demonetized. No. Gosh, no. Um, my skill set kind of comes into not just creating lore or worlds or anything like that, but kind of nurturing and assisting others in finding their lore, finding their story, finding their characters, finding ways to express it in a healthy, conducive, fun way, because, you know, that's, that's what this is all about. A lot of times I find that we get caught up in the day-to-day -day grind, we work our jobs, we pay our bills, we do our taxes, we deal with, you know, life responsibilities. And then at the end of the day, you're sitting there going, man, 
I'm so drained, I'm so tired. What does tomorrow bring but more of the same? Uh, so we have to find that joy, that spark, that fire that really gets us going, gets us ignited, gets us, you know, passionate about the things that really bring a light into the, into the uh, world. So something like this, uh, Lorecraft and Chill, was something that anybody that knows me in any uh, immediate sense knows that I'm passionate about. Uh, in fact, that was probably one of the big kickoffs between Hugs and I is uh, our passion, our shared passion for this. And she's mentioned it before, I've mentioned it before, uh, but it's always, you know, time, energy, commitment. Uh, do you, how well do you really know this person? Uh, because we did meet, you know, online, we did meet through streaming. Um, so there's that element of, you know, am I going to get burned again? I think we've all been there um, in any capacity, relationships, business, you name it. Ooh. Oh, uh, and I know um, it well. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. So, so working with Hugs um, has been a pleasure since day one. It's There's never been a problem, never been a drama. Uh, and uh, we had a, a pretty good heart-to-heart -heart not too long ago. And I said, you know, we both said, um, let's give this a try. It's still... In the, the hatching stages, yes, it's not definitive. We don't have a, you know, yeah, we're starting next week. Uh, we have an idea. We're doing our research, uh, but we're both fired up enough uh, and uh, excited enough that this is something that's gonna gonna bear fruit. Yeah, so it sounds like oh, yeah. it's not a like weekly thing that's planned. It's just whenever you guys have whatever you are wanting to talk about, ready to go. I think um, we, yeah, I think that we'd like to eventually get on a schedule. Right now, what we're doing is we're going to be refining the idea of Lorecraft and Chill. We're going to be going over what we want to talk about for certain episodes and making sure that we're, what's the word? Not a routine, not a schedule, but just having that consistency for us at least. Consi yeah, consistency of content. Um I, I did a little bit of research, definitely, you know, dipping my toe in the pond here, uh, is that um, a lot of podcasts that I follow, I, I, I listen to a lot of uh, horror podcasts, and they have their seasons. And um, so I kind of did some research, and some some seasons are as short as six uh, episodes, <clears throat> at least monthly or weekly or biweekly or every other week, uh, to upwards of, you know, 13 episodes a season. Uh, so I think starting out this is one of those that um and if i may be so bold to speak for hugs on this uh we would figure out kind of what the schedule for the first season would be six uh, six episodes maybe eight episodes you know if we're feeling super adventurous maybe 10 episodes uh kind of breaking down the content that would be in those episodes and then just knocking them out um be it through live streams and then refining them for podcasts uh and you know vods later on or, you know, kind of doing our own thing um, off streaming and then just dropping it as a surprise uh, as a regular scheduled, you know, um, follow up for those interested. And yes, you can definitely speak for me on that. That is 100% what I was thinking too. Personally, I really like the idea of streaming it uh, first yeah. because it allows us to interact with chat. And that's a big one for me is that chat can come in and say, hey guys, I have a question or I have a concern or this happened at my table. Um, 
not what do I do? Because, uh, you know, we're not, we're not, you know, uh, Daddy Magus and, and Mama Hugs here. We're not trying to tell anybody how to run their games. I don't know about um, you, but I'm kind of a mommy. <laughs> well, well, okay. Maybe I am a daddy, but it's a you know, diff- different context. Uh, but more specifically, you know, I've, I've run in games with, with folks um, that have, to me, have, have uh, had a concern or issue that I sit there and say, hey, you know, hey, bud, hey, pal, hey, friend, you know, why not try this? And they go, oh, wow, that's something that has been plaguing my games for years. Um, and so I would love to have an open forum for uh, opportunities for, for us to just get together and ballpark ideas, you know, and and it's not, you know, us telling chat how it is, but it's a back and forth because there's everybody can learn from everybody. And that's one of the great things about uh, storytelling and lore crafting is that uh, everybody gets to walk away uh, with more creative gold in their pocket, for lack of a better term. Definitely. So break this down for me as uh, as a burgeoning content creator, I guess is what I'll say here. Uh, what exactly uh, is this uh, podcast? Who is it for? What are you doing? I'd say it's for anyone who's interested in writing or TTRPGs or someone who did people who just like to create because mm-hmm. it's not just about, of course, we did our session zero. We talked about the importance of at tabletops to all the things you need to do to kind of get everything ready. Um, still, it's. That's not the only thing we're going to be talking about as someone who is an avid writer and who loves creative works. It's always good to see and explore different facets of each each part of the creativity, which mm-hmm. I think we'll be able to kind of get going here. Absolutely. I would say it's kind of like um, definitely an environment for creative writers, for if you want to simplify it. Um, with a focus on tabletop RPGs, but not exclusive to it. You know, if you're a fantasy author or sci-fi author or, or you know, just an author in general of, of creative fiction, um, I think it'd be one of those kind of areas that you could step in and whether you're brand spanking new to whatever the topic or the discussion is, or you're a veteran of it for, for many years, um, I think everybody would have something good to contribute to whatever uh, conversation we're having and take away from it. Um, and this is like, you know, some of the, as an example, some of the topics I wanted to discuss is, you know, like what makes a good villain in a story? You know, not your two dimensional snidely whiplash, you know, oh, I'm gonna steal your picnic basket because, you know, I'm a bad guy. It's like, no, some of the greatest villains have always been those that the believe they're doing it right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we want the complexity. Right, so, and that's just, that's just some of the, um, type of content that I would like to explore and try to enrich everybody's everybody else's own content, however they, you know, conceive of it or practice it. So uh, not to make the Riddler from the Pattinson Batman movie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was a I saw a thing on uh, Twitter or somebody posting mentioned it's like, yes, some of the best heroes are like complex and everything, but your story doesn't always have to have like a complex villain. You can just have an evil villain that feels good to stop. 
And it's oh, yeah. Like, I think people need, I think that's one thing that people probably don't get is that you, if the story fits it, you don't need a hero who, a villain who thinks he's a hero. You can just be like, yeah, I'm an evil wizard because I, I choose to be. <laughs> it's like, well, I tried, I, I tried that shit. Yeah. Well, I, I actually uh, deeply agree with that because that brings up another point, and that is the dynamic of yeah. the story. The group dynamic, the dynamic at the table, the dynamic in, in the plot line, because you're absolutely right. Uh, one of my favorite characters actually is from from anime. Uh, All Might, if you're familiar with My Hero Academia, yeah. is just your arch typical super good guy. Yeah. And there's not like a whole lot of motivation behind him at first. They get into it more later in the story. But at a glance, you know, he didn't need a reason to beat up all these really, you know, interesting or in some cases, simple bad guys. Um, and that character in itself caused a ripple effect with every other character in that show, every other theme in that story. Um, and so you're right. I think there's a time and a place for everything and everybody. Yeah. And, uh, it falls back on your session zero, uh, episode that you guys streamed where the session zero is used to set expectations of the story. Mm-hmm. It's, yes. Here's what, here's what we're going to try to do with this story. It's where you lay the groundwork, you get the players all on the same page and it goes from there. It's a, a communication of, I guess, the energy of the campaign, I would say. Right. So it's definitely a, I'd love to see that, you know, how to make more interesting villains, how to make interesting like points of the story where a decision that may not be the normal one may have may have to be made like what do you do to give your players a different kind of experience oh absolutely and that and that's another thing uh insofar as session zero goes is you know go, go one of the golden rules communication uh yeah. not just setting expectations but saying you know like what what are we all comfortable with you know because i may be comfortable with things that hugs is not or that you're not um and then when things like that do come up because you could sit there and say okay we all have our ducks in a row we all know what's acceptable what's not acceptable and then something happens uh, a, a player does something or the storyteller pops something out of the story and all of a sudden it goes well wait a minute there's a red flag that i didn't even think about how do you deal with uh that type of conflict or concern in the moment um, without people getting hurt feelings or upset or angry or, you know, because I think we've all been there in some capacity. Uh, so session session zero, and I, I said this during uh, during session zero, is that I feel that that's probably the single most important uh, session because it sets that foundation that the uh, house of the campaign is built upon. Yeah. I like, um, I like, uh, B. Dave Walters had a D&D show on the D&D channel for a little bit there. Um, and it was based in uh, Ravenloft, which is, you know, horror-themed. Um, yeah. And uh, whenever, he, whenever he starts his session, he's like, uh, I've talked to my players. We've done, we've done our session zero. I know their lines and veils. I'll do my best not to cross them. But if you see a scene go just do a do a random 90 degree turn it's because you know someone said something and that that's and he's leaves it at that and then he goes he goes into the story yep mm-hmm. and don't uh don't don't destroy like if you're trying to do something don't destroy your community like uh adam cobol did 
during his campaign. If you remember that incident from a few years back. Uh, I'm guy, afraid to ask. It's just one of the, I guess, like one of the Internet's DMs, you know, people like Matt Mercer, B. Dave Walters. He was among like that group of people. Okay. Uh, he completely like crossed lines as like a joke, thinking that his players were fine with it. And it just kind of like ended his career right there. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's as, a, as it should. As it should. That's a career killer. Yeah. You can see it, it's horrible to watch because like you can see it on you the stream. You can, you, can, you can watch it. You can see the players visibly uncomfortable. But you can see him like making jokes about it as the scene goes on. God. And I was just like, well, there we go. <laughs> that is. Yeah, uh, he rolled a. Uh... He rolled a one on his uh, situational awareness check, huh? Yeah, it's just like, okay, yeah. this is watch this video if you want to learn what happens if you fuck up and don't <laughs> own up here's, to it. Like, here's an example yeah. of what not to do. Here's an example of right. what not to do. Don't do this. It was a, yeah, it was a whole thing. So the communication is definitely important, and also as the DM, like making sure you have your own awareness as well. Like, oh, I'm about to do this scene. I didn't think about this. Oh, I need to time yeah. out. Is anybody okay with anybody not okay with this? Because this is about and, to happen. Yeah, it's like you guys were alluding to. It is an ongoing conversation too. Um, yes, uh, I can use an example I had in my own. I play a lot of vampire uh, vampire game where I, uh, I I am the storyteller, and so um, after the after the session, one of the players comes up to me. It's like, hey, that thing that 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 scene that we had was kind of oh much. Can we can we back up? Can we back, pump the brakes on that? I'm like, all right, cool, noted. And that's it. That's mm. where yeah. it begins. That's where it ends. Communication. Yep. And that's and I think like a lot of uh, I've I've worked with uh, some players that felt kind of intimidated by that concept at first, like coming up to the DM and and saying, hey. You know, I'm not so I'm not so hot with this idea. Um, and I think part of that is is explaining to him, like, look, you you don't need to explain it or justify it to me. You you say I'm uncomfortable with this. OK, we're done. It's over. Don't worry about it. It's it's water to the bridge. It's no hurt feelings. The whole this isn't like storyteller or DM versus players. Yeah, we're all coming together. We all want to play together and have fun together. Like we're we're one team here. Possible story. Yeah, we want we want to have an experience that years later you can sit back and go, you remember that time? You remember that adventure? You remember when that I thing happened? That. Yeah. So that's that's what it's about. It's about making magic happen and and having a positive experience for everybody involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh the thing with the thing with discomfort in tabletop is that it's not set in stone from session zero if you become uncomfortable you as a player are allowed to you know talk to your dm about it and you're not going to interrupt everybody else's good time because if you're not having fun and everything's becoming you know the atmosphere is becoming noticeably awful like nobody's going to be having fun right oh yes it's just Uh, like depression or or anger or, or being upset is um contagious yeah yeah and i mean it's like i've I've learned that i actually i have learned through watching actual plays online that i have uh a thing that if i didn't watch this particular scene go down 
I would have been, I would, I would not have known that that's one of my, my things that I have to put on future, um, on future, uh, session zero is like, no, this is, this is my, this is my line. Hard limit, hard limit, hard limit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was like, holy shit, that <laughs> affected me. And I mean, unless you're playing with a DM or you are you as a DM are playing with a player that would be on RPG horror stories, your players and DMs are going to talk to you about things like yeah. you're most right. people are people and they have common sense. And at the time, you all are That's friends. Fine. They want to make sure you're OK. Like your friends are not going to purposely put you through something that makes you uncomfortable. Uh, right. You you should have, have the to ability do. to talk to them about it if it does happen. You know, you shouldn't be afraid to talk to your friends, be like, hey, man, this happened. Can we just not do that, you know, going forward kind of thing? Mm -hmm. Like I said, unless they're right. like, hey, buddy, fuck you. You know, you're at the wrong <laughs> table at that point. So like, yeah, well, like, sure. there's a breakdown of communication at that point. Yeah, I, I, I always have this this thing that like every RPG horror story is just a session zero that didn't really happen. A lot of the RPG horror stories are campaigns that didn't have a session zero period. Like even if they did have them, it didn't go far enough or sometimes the campaign just starts and it's mm -hmm. like, okay, well we kind of have an idea of what to expect, but well, we didn't and, and, talk and about horror, it in detail. Yeah. Horror is definitely a, um, I don't want to say a unique genre of tabletop RPG, but it's definitely one of the more delicate uh, ones when it comes to handling because by its very nature you're dealing with stuff that's going to provoke a response or stimulus uh regarding your player base whether that's you know i've had uh i've run games where i explained it was it was, it was horror uh but it was a particularly nasty scene and it what had nothing to do with blood or any any of that stuff it was literally bugs and mm -hmm. uh i described it in a way that made a, a player very uncomfortable and he said he's in mads he's like he's like it's like i love you but can you please tone it down it's, it's getting too much and i was like okay you know because some people they have very vivid imaginations um and uh, they have a strong dislike of bugs <laughs> sometimes you don't know until you're in no the buddy. moment and then you got to learn to like right. you know hit, hit the hit the 90 degree angle turn yeah we yeah. were um, we had that i think we had that moment like not on video because it's not a video medium, but in our first uh, episode for our D&D &D 20 that we just finished, uh, we're playing a modified 5th edition that's Naruto, basically. Somebody made a whole system Ooh. centered around Naruto with a whole like new combat system in it and everything. And our player was describing one of their bone weapons because they were part of that clan that did like the bone weaponry. And the DM was describing, like, pulling out the bone and all that to make it a weapon and all that. And one of our players was just like, yeah, can we not do that again? <laughs> it's like, realizing, like, I did not like the description of that at all. So, <laughs> Thank you. Like, can we just not describe the, like, weapons being pulled out anymore? <laughs> it was, like, uh, no, we don't, we don't need, to, we need that. Yeah, the rest of the time it's like, yep, they get, they draw the bone weapon, that's it. So, <laughs> but it was like that quick. It was like description. It's like, can we not describe it again? It's just, it never happened again. It's just like one never of those, again. one of those things, you know? And, uh, yeah. So I think that's, you know, a good session. The good, the good focus of a session zero is, you know, 
establish the boundaries at the table. I think I mentioned it in the Twitch chat, you know, don't put your players on a leash, but definitely set the size of the yard. That was actually, that's a really good analogy. Yeah, you're not going to... Samuel pinned that one. Yeah, you're not going to, like, lock your players into what they can and can't do. You're going to give them freedom, but you still have to manage how much freedom you give them. Because if you're not controlling what's going on either, then there's a chance of something happening or you know something like that being something that falls within one of those warning lines for people and you have to you know be a dm or a storyteller and know when to be like stop we're going a little bit Mm -hmm. too far here yeah let's not cross that line (laughs) yeah and i mean as it's just the, the players like talking out of Sometimes it's just the players talking out of turn. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's another like, thing too. All but... right, everyone, focus up. <clears throat> yeah, I, well, it's, I... it's it's easy to lose focus too, especially uh, if things are going slow. Like that's uh, with players. Sometimes you got to keep them engaged. You got to kind of hop around. You know, give this player the attention, and then kind of give them their minute, and then jump over, put the spotlight on somebody else. Keep everybody engaged, focused, excited about what comes next. If you but if you hold the line too long on something or a scene or anything like that, you're going to lose uh, the focus and attention of your of your players. Uh, they're going to start playing on their phones. They're going to wander away, uh, and then things start kind of going downhill from there. Yeah, it's also much harder online uh, than it would be in person because in person you just you know face to face. Well, everyone except for the DM with the screen or whatever. But it, it's much harder to uh, hold people's attentions for two terribly long periods of time before someone inevitably goes to their phone or whatever, whatever. Sure. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, it's definitely like one of those things like as a DM, it's like it isn't this isn't meant to be like an intimidating thing, but it's like you have a lot to juggle as a DM. Oh, yeah. Not just the story, not just the story and, you know, the progression and combat and everything like that that you have planned. But it's also like, okay, my fighter and my wizard have been talking to this person for the last 10 minutes. Uh, I have three other players here at the table. I need to keep them going, but they're somewhere else. So what can I pull together to scene cut to them? while finishing up you know this other thing too like it's something that you have to have an awareness of sure i had this challenge in the saturday game uh where my players split up like you know the memes of splitting the party or whatever but then i had i had to think about hmm how am i going to reconcile this well these three players are okay with me not talking to them for a while so i they happen to be on the same same end of this so they're okay with that. So I'll do a quick scene for them and then cut to the other people. Yeah. Yeah. And it was also uh, something that was touched on in, during the live stream also is that sometimes players just don't like having the attention on them. Like there are players mm-hmm. that enjoy just being at the table and being in the game. They don't want their character to be, you know, main character syndrome. They're like, yeah, I'm, I'm the supporting character here. I like that role. And you'll yeah. have the people that love to, you know, talk to NPCs and do the role playing and everything. And I guess that makes it easier to balance with those players. So you can still give them chances to shine when it's relevant to them. But it does probably help the DM a bit if it's like, okay, I know that they're going to be with them and they're not really going to do a lot of the talking. So I can 
focus on this for right now. Sure. I think that's also like kind of figuring out um, with your current group of players, like the dynamic and the type of players they are. Cause like you said, some love to be that center of attention. They love to be very vocal, very outgoing, that very spotlight oriented. Uh, some like to be the clown. They love that opportunity just to make jokes and make everybody laugh. Um, some are, yeah, very uh, quiet, soft-spoken. They don't like that attention or they don't like the pressure. Understandable, right? Um, and so, like you said, juggling the, uh, I don't want to say spotlight, but finding the right opportunities to let them just go all out and really explore what makes them most uh, comfortable and happy. Because I think a lot of us, and I, and I brought this up um, at session zero uh, with hugs, is a lot of us have different motivations. Or I don't say motivations. We we all come together. Our motivation is to have fun. We come together to have fun, but we take joy from different parts of the game. So for some of us, that's crunching numbers. That's you know killing monsters, getting the gold, buying uh, better loot, so you have better gear to kill bigger monsters to get even more gold, right? Uh, but then some people like. Yeah, and then some people uh, like to have just that role play and they like to interact. Uh, they like that connection. And then sometimes people just like to watch. They just like to be a part of it and be that, that uh, I don't say background character because I think everybody's important, uh, but they just want to be a part of something and they're just as much of a con uh, contribution to the group as everybody else. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So. We have a... The group that Deck and I play with on a pretty regular basis, we definitely have that assortment of people. Uh, I can think of a few people that we know that they just enjoy being in the campaign. They enjoy being in the group. Whenever the attention's put on them, they're they have to like stop in. Whenever the role play starts, they have to think about what to say or something about what their characters would do because they haven't thought about it. You know, they don't bother thinking about it, and that's just how they play. And then we have the players that are always trying to be the team leader sometimes multiple team leaders and that leads to fun like in character stuff as it's like no it's like i think this is the idea and you get that feeding off of each other too um uh, everything sometimes like you have that. to go after a session and be like hey you guys cool yeah it's just and like then sometimes <laughs> and then sometimes the characters yeah. sometimes the character's tragic backstory is directly because the other character is responsible and then you have to be like are we cool after this game like with that revelation you guys oh, what a twist it's like you guys want to <laughs> you guys want to keep playing together or <laughs> y'all want to talk about that no hard feelings side? right no hard feelings right totally totally didn't mean to burn down your village but i kind of did <laughs> do it again uh, do it again <laughs> Or the player can just respond to, like, Bison from the Street Fighter movie of, that was just a Tuesday for me. <laughs> like, like <laughs> was it? It's, uh, the day I came to your village was the most important day of your life, but to me it was Tuesday. Like, I think that's oh, the, the line. Raul, yeah. Raul Julia. That's a good Raul one. Julia eats the scenery in that movie. He is ridiculous at Bison. <laughs> but, that's uh, beautiful. Yeah, so... It were... God, we're only about a half hour in, so I don't know what else can you do. Do you have any questions, Deku? <laughs> like, before we uh, I, get on I a like random topic? My, <laughs> I feel like I've asked my questions about the podcast. Like, you guys seem to know what you're doing. Uh, when you first said it was a session zero, I thought you were like, oh shit, you're doing a D&D game, but I was only kind of half right. So, I think it, the yeah, I, that, yeah. Was, that was the play on words. It was uh, unfortunately a little misleading in that regard, but that was kind of the theme that we were going with. So that way session yeah. one would be 
you know, that first podcast episode that we put together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it was great. It was a very informative talk. And I think for people who are afraid to DM, uh, the biggest thing is to not be afraid is it is to talk to your players, get your boundaries, establish the story you're trying to tell with them, not the story you're trying to give them. Mm-hmm. It's and I think that's the biggest thing that most new DMs don't consider. I know when I first started, mm-hmm. I didn't. I wanted to give them a story, but as it went on, my other favorite quote of "No campaign survives first encounter with the party." <laughs> uh, <laughs> you cannot stick to the story that is in your mind. You have to work together to create it. It is a collaborative process, not yes. a not a because... one person process. If you're giving the players the story that you want to tell them, then it's just a book that they're being guided down. It's not an adventure that exactly. they're helping to build. Like I say this as somebody who took one of Sharky's hooks. Like I don't think he's, I don't think he still expected me to like go in the directions I I went with it. Are you talking about the mm-hmm. gun elf? Yes. Yeah. Gun elf. <laughs> no. Uh, oh, that sounds great though. My world. Okay, my campaign setting is like a highly tropey, fictionalized Earth. Like it has all the con- it, it's a world map, but like the world map I found has like three extra continents on it, but it's still Earth. Earth. Okay. And I was like the elf. I was like the Elf Kingdom of Atlantis was once magical and like a superpower, and it's just kind of gone into centuries and centuries of decadence and just not caring and just kind of degrading itself. And then yeah. This motherfucker right here sends me a character concept and he's like, I'm gonna play a gunslinger elf whose goal is to make Atlantis great again. <laughs> and I'm just like Yeah, sure, like a- man. <laughs> like <laughs> I was just like, Yeah, sure, to fucking I guess. <laughs> like, like yeah, no, that'll shot- that'll that yeah. And I was and just like he I- shot the another character's husband in like cold blood. <laughs> He oh did. god. Everybody's backstories. I, mean, I was running two campaigns in this world at the time. And then looking at okay. all the characters' backstories, there was like eight players uh between the two campaigns. But I was looking at everybody's backstory and I'm like, this works better as a single campaign. Like everybody's backstory feeds into each other. <laughs> like So everybody get in here. So I was like, I was like, all right, in a few weeks we're starting as a g- giant group. And it was it wasn't like a re- recorded game, it was just like our weekend game. And yeah. uh yeah, I was like introducing a villain that was a shade version of another character's like husband that was murdered, and she was not able to fight him uh, emotionally because of that. So he just steps in and unloads a revolver into him. <laughs> like no, pew 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 pew. And it's just like this is a fun game. It's a really fun game That's of awesome. all these characters was, and their traumas was... and <laughs> just everything he going also on. Was like egging her. He was also egging her on to like, hey, you need to fight this. Hey, you need to kill your death. He's not husband. a great guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just like And then after after I was like, hey, I'm real sorry about that. This is what he would do. Yeah, after the game, it's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is just the character. <laughs> like he's but also I think that uh but we all had enough familiarity with each other that it wasn't like him telling a stranger, that's just what my character would do. 
like yeah that, right. that's which is something we talked like, about which is something we you guys yeah. talked about which is a good uh, that's called a segue <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah it's uh, what my character would do yeah and i my think biggest pet peeve <laughs> and i think it's worse i think it's worse in games that you're playing online like if you're looking for a game like through the reddit mm-hmm. or something and you get that pl- you're trying to dm for these strangers basically and like the first conflict that comes up has one of the ca- the players saying that's what my character would do you screwed up somewhere down the line like you didn't cover enough of stuff at session zero or anything <laughs> like and that's like a that's a learning moment where you have to be like yes that is what your character would do but you're not going to do that like <laughs> That's but, that's, but that's not what you would do. Yes, it's like that's you know? well, it's like yes, that is what your character would do. However, you're not going to do that. Like it's yeah. setting the well, groundwork that... of you're not going to disrupt somebody else's fun. Right. And that definitely gets into I... uh kind of going over like player responsibilities. Like what a lot of times I think people are like, Oh, I'm playing in this game, all I gotta do is show up. And it's like, well, no. There's a little more to it. It's, you know, at a glance, maybe, but there is obviously, you know, respecting boundaries, communication, things like that. Um, and also listening to the the storyteller when they talk about certain things, such as what you're talking about. Uh, yeah, you may be playing a character that's evil and does these terrible things. Uh, but for the sake of yeah, the story, or yeah, big, big, juicy, but don't get donk. But, <laughs> a big, juicy, uh, but. <laughs> a donk a donk but uh, so you would that's a soda. use that opportunity to have um you know this evil character who would normally do this thing because it's what this character would do you give them an opportunity uh to grow uh and say hey one you're not going to do that and let's try to find a way to explain why he realistically uh, wouldn't do that. Use it as a, like you said, a learning moment, a growth moment. Um, and it could be simply, you know, I've seen, I've, uh, running games where, you know, we're all, we're all bad guys. We're all doing evil things, but I don't, you know, or not me, but the player doesn't slay his, his comrade, even if they're, you know, even if it's involving, you know, racism or, or, or opportunity or, or just simple monetary gain, because one we're all playing together even if our characters hate each other the players love each other so it's our job to work together right and then the characters are like well normally i would do this but i need him or her to survive like i i don't trust anybody but i trust you just a little bit more than i trust them so i need your help you know to solve this this problem um in fact one of the most successful evil campaigns uh that i ran was uh, I did a session zero and then I did a session uh, 0.5 where it was taking each player kind of doing a mini dungeon with them. And it was just their first level. It was level one to two and kind of exploring the themes of the healthy, realistic themes of playing in an evil campaign. And then they were doing a job for, you know, the, the mysterious benefactor. And then the first session was the benefactor getting all his cohorts together and trying to clear the slate because you can't leave witnesses. So the player characters ended up being forced to work together, even though they normally would kill each other because of circumstance. And what ended up happening is you had this team of bad mamajamas that were like, oh, this is 
this is the suicide squad that I don't want coming after me. You know what I mean? Um, so it. there's def there's definitely a way to um, work with your players, talk to your players, and really kind of use those tropes, um, those conflicts, those pet peeves, uh, and turn them into something really fun and entertaining. Yeah, I think it comes down to having players that aren't trying to win D&D. They're trying to play D and D. Like they're trying to keep yeah. it going. Good. They're not good trying. They're not trying to end the goal as fast as possible. They're trying to continue a story. So yeah, why would yeah, I? Also, why would I murder Decca's character if I want the campaign to continue? You know, sure. like you also have to keep in uh, keep in mind. Um, like uh, there are also DMs who are trying to win D and D, which is mm -hmm. always a nightmare. Let's just look at that mm -hmm. RPG horror story Reddit real quick. <laughs> I bet yeah, I could find I two or three it. of them. I've, I've read, I have, there was one story I read on there that was like crazy fox cat girl. And I'm like, <laughs> there are I'll stories on there. There are stories on there that I feel like are just written for that Reddit because they sound so ridiculous. But I'm like, Probably. I'm like, also, this could happen. Like, I know people <laughs> like this, like, not on this level, but I know people like this, that mm -hmm. I see this happening. But it's like, is it, am I being punked on this Reddit? Like, yeah, it's like, am I being like recorded? Show, yeah. Because like, I'm reading this and it's like, okay, that's pretty standard, but that's like the first paragraph. And then you get into second paragraph and you're like, how did it get to this point? Like Ooh, did somebody did somebody not at this table like not say anything? Like did they just allow this? <laughs> um, sometimes they do. Sometimes they do just allow it. Yeah. I like to watch uh, DD Quirk um, or listen to it. It's a podcast uh, from not another not another DD podcast. They have a thing called DD Quirk, and I think they pick stuff from that Reddit uh, Reddit from RPG horror stories. Um, and they rely on it, and it's, you know, some of my favorite people, it's, you know, Brian Murphy, uh, Abrea uh, Eingar sometimes, uh, some of the other people from Dimension 20, um, mm -hmm. and they just, like, pick these things apart and, you know, make it a bit, and just break it, break the whole thing down, and there's legitimately good advice in it, but they're also fun, uh, chronically funny people, so yeah. it's really, it's really interesting to hear their takes on things as people who have both played D&D &D for many, many years, and also people who are just really funny to listen to. Yeah. But, uh... Also, I wanna, I wanna circle back to, to, uh, Salvador shooting Flory's husband in cold blood. Uh, oh, God. Because... <laughs> I just wanted to put the, that I read the, I read the room before I did something like that. Yeah, everybody was stressing out because they're like, yeah. holy shit, this guy's supposed to be <laughs> what dead. Do do? What do we do? What do we uh -huh. do? What do we do? Also, Shoot make him dead again. That's it. Also, I want to appreciate you giving an Atlantean like family name the last name of Boomenhagen. Like Boomenhagen. <laughs> Appreciate that. <laughs> Boomenhagen. Uh they are uh, so when I pitched this character to Sharky the first the first time. Uh, I was like, I want to make a, a an elf who's a baby boomer. Yeah, basically. Okay. 
the oldest of that the party the oldest of the party too because of being an elf <laughs> because he's an elf easily by centuries yeah easily it was an interesting oh, party man. too like and that's another thing i like uh i think some of the best stories too can come from allowing your players to have their character fantasy if it falls within line of the campaign yeah we oh, had sure. The elf, the baby boomer elf gunslinger from like a slowly crumbling kingdom. We had the bear shifter who fought in like back alley boxing rings. Uh, the kobold who had a mechanical pet, the goblin that was a, a crazed alchemist because he was, you know, experimented on to be given his intelligence. Uh, the self-destructive tiefling and his cleric girlfriend who kept him alive. <laughs> and then yeah. our another our oracle character who has who, the player loves writing tragic backstories. So whenever you'll read backstories, it's like, okay, it's it's rough, it's rough, it's fine, it's a little rougher, and then it's just like that's depressing. And then we go to the next storyline. It was next like, page. I was like, Lindsay, are you ever going to write a happy character? Like I'm just asking. Lizzie, are you okay? <laughs> this is the story of my life. <laughs> the life. The next campaign has a uh, pretty non-depressed character, though, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I had a, a I game like... that I. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. What's up, Deck? My personal favorite character in was was uh, my turtle druid. Hey, you eventually always, played two ca- two characters. Yeah, he eventually played yeah, two characters had... because I had him in both campaigns. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I had full-on conversations with myself in the campaign. It was interesting. It was interesting to see you talking to yourself for about five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> you just turn one way, da-da-da, and the other way, ba-da-ba-da-ba. Yeah. Makes me yeah. think of the scene from... Uh... Liar, liar! With Jim Carrey, the guy walks in on him in the bathroom. What are you doing? I'm, I'm kicking, kicking my, my own ass. Yeah. Do you mind? Do you mind? <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And then it's like, who I did? I love liar, liar. It's just who did this, and then he describes himself. <laughs> like, like, wow. It's it's Holds really funny because because like the druid had a an artifact for that tied into my my elves backstory, and I was like, Sharky, I'm just gonna give him this thing. That's yeah. you know in his backstory. Uh, give me like five minutes to hash it out. Yeah, because what happened with Deca's characters here are it's like okay, his elf gunslinger is looking for a way to bring his kingdom back to the former heights, and then in the other campaign, without thinking about it, I have the party going after an artifact from an old elf warlord. That's supposed to be like this, like symbol symbol of like high power mm-hmm. and everything and it's like oh right, well there's one thing I can tie together and then I was like looking at the other backstories it's like this character's wicked mother actually could be the villain to everybody else in the other campaign fantastic <laughs> <laughs> like, and then it. that campaign promptly ended when I described them partially as having uh, like plant growths on them, and I think I mentioned that story to Hug once. Mm-hmm. I described them yep. as having like a wood, like wood or like plant growths coming out of them as like this mutation was starting to take over, and the oracle was like, "Can I hit him with blight?" <laughs> <And> I was <laughs> like, 
I kind of like looked at my notes for about three minutes. I was like, uh. I guess <laughs> that awkward, so. That awkward moment where you're like, well, shit. Because I was like, I can't say, I can't take it back. I've, I've like no. described that stuff. And it's like, okay. She instantly went to that spell because I mentioned the plants. And she knows it does extra to plant life. Yep. And I was like, and I described that when this woman dropped a meteor onto the party. The intent of the meteor spell, by the way, was to knock out the mm-hmm. party and do like a cutscene that would take us to our next chapter. Yeah, Her and the warlock survived. <laughs> or oh, like God. They, they were still standing. So I technically had two combatants in. And oh, no. Atticus did something to get her attention. So she didn't see the oracle attacking her so it technically had advantage and i was like okay well uh that is a shit ton of damage because it crit and oh no <laughs> and i'm like i thought about it and it's like okay well that happens which means that the rest of these machinations don't happen which means they actually don't get this other god released <laughs> so you got your segue it just I wasn't think... what you thought it would be so I'm like at this point the campaign's over <laughs> like, it was just one of those moments I... I was like uh but it was one of those things too where I it's don't... like that happened in such a moment and yeah. I could have just been like time out take a 10 minute break I'm gonna look through everything real I know... quick I know you look back on that and you're like, man, I could have done this differently. I'm glad it kind of ended the way. Oh, no, it did, I think myself like if I had known, I would have done it differently to get a further campaign sure. or at least have Echo back in the session because sure, sure, sure. that woman's story was tied to that character and they weren't able to play with us at the time. So I was trying mm-hmm. to draw it out to get this new chapter started where that character wouldn't be featured. So when Echo came back, it wouldn't be like straight into their main conflict. And it was just like, and yeah, it's like, I wish I could have done that. So at least I could give an everybody, everybody could have been there to have a more satisfying conclusion at the time. Mm-hmm. And it's not just, hey, campaign's over. Sorry, you missed the session, you know? And it was uh, a, yeah, that, that feels bad. That felt, that's what, that's what I keep talking about. Cause that's what feels the worst about it to me is that I ended the game on a session where not everybody was there. Right. But at sure. the same time, it's like, this is exactly how this campaign feels like it should end because this is the party that I've yeah. given them. <laughs> like, yep. Yep, yep, yep. This is the party that I've allowed. I feel like yep. this is the most accurate conclusion to this campaign. It's did you describe her <laughs> as a did you describe her as a plant? <laughs> it's like I did. It's like cool. I'm gonna use my trademark spell blight, and I'm like, why am I not surprised? <laughs> like, I am not surprised. This is happening. Hell her abuser like three sessions ago the yeah that was the blight was responsible for more boss kills in that campaign than anything <laughs> oh my god and it was like three sessions three, after the most it. it was like three or four sessions after the satisfying conclusion to like her arc where she killed her abuser by blighting him <laughs> oh beautiful and it was just like that was the thing that i think caught her by off guard it's like so what's his stat block he doesn't have one he just doesn't have one. He's he's <laughs> and like that's the thing. I was like, that's why he's scary. He's just a guy, you know. And she's yep. this oracle with magical powers, and she was terrified of him because of the power he had in his position and but everything. It was all so it's just like, power. yeah, it was all like political power. So it's just like I think uh, Lindsay appreciated just how like satisfying it was that he was just a guy. 
at the end of it just all. Just a man. I, I really loved that arc personally because that is that's how those things kind of go down. The people who you uh like that's a real life story right there because yeah. like the people who have power or think they have power over you at the end of the day they're just a person yeah yep, and, and that true. was and that was something that was established when she delivered her backstory to me because we didn't really do a session zero we all were familiar enough with each other that we didn't mm -hmm. really need one uh she gave her backstory to me and i read it and i read like through this point of like she's in a monastery there's this guy who's moving up the ranks and he was like tormenting her and i asked her straight out, i was like how do you want me to play this guy on a scale of like one to ten and yeah. her, her response was if you can make my skin crawl i'm appreciating it oh <laughs> and i was like that's where we i was like consent. i was like you got it it's like it it was like it took months down the line until we he entered the story, but I think when he did, I think Lindsay appreciated like everything about that arc. Hell yeah! I was, it was just like, it was, I was like, you it got it. <laughs> I will, then, I will creep you out with this guy. <laughs> you want creep? I got you. I that whole got boss you. fight too with a, and it's like this is the thing. Like this does tie into the session <laughs> zero and like establishing like the boundaries and understanding your players. Because I did the I did the DM thing where I had the party get captured and put in jail because it made sense for the story. And everybody at this yeah. point was kind of understanding about it, but I also made it really easy for them to break out. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah. Um, but she was separated from the group and like they she knew about it. Like I had when they had conversations and like there were scenes prior that really showed like the monster that this guy was. Mm -hmm. uh, all fade to all fade to black for the most part, and she wakes up out of everything that she's at a dinner table with him across from her, and Ooh. he had put he had put her in a wedding dress. Uh oh, and oh. she's and she starts that whole encounter by lightning bolting across the table at him, and I was like, all right, everybody rolling the shifts, <laughs> like, <laughs> like oh fuck. So, we went to my one little MS Paint maps, and it was the dinner table with fire on it because she caught the room on fire. So, and that's how I met your wife. And then, <laughs> but this was also... <laughs> I cannot throw any boss against you guys, because if I describe the environment at all, you all are going to abuse the environment as well. Because I described... Is that a window? I described the, him as standing in... Out the window? I described the muscle of the enemy group as in front of a window, so their plan was we're throwing this guy out the window. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Hey, I'm like, where's the points of these stab blocks? Like, why am I making these if you guys are using the environment to kill these people half the time?" But, I think it's great. No, like, I, I, I had, I had players who did a three point fireball, and that was, yeah, it was like that's a, but it's like I think, I mean, we haven't done like a big campaign since then that I've run, but I feel like that campaign, mm -hmm. everybody got a little bit out of it. And that was because we went in with the expectations yeah. of what everybody was, you know, expecting moving forward. At least when I've discussed mm -hmm. it with their backstories, like, hey, is this okay? Uh, like with Lindsay, I was like, hey, uh, how do you want me to play this abuser of your character? Yeah. And it's just like everybody had a fantastic time. And I mean, it did get abruptly cut short, but I feel like with the party, it was the most satisfying way to end it because it was just like okay we got you right where we want you 
Mm-hmm. You don't have us. A few of us are still standing, and we got lucky. <laughs> so, yeah. And uh, I understand. It was just one of those things where it's like some people got their special abilities because they were all champions of a certain deity, but only a few people got their like power up ability. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, a lot of this stuff is still not finished, and that's what I feel the worst about is not everybody got like a solid conclusion. Uh, but it did end. Uh, I think of. Uh, as appropriately as it should have. But you you get a bunch of Chaos Gremlins, you're going to get a Chaos Gremlin ending, is all I'm saying. I had a lot. I had, eight, I had eight or nine Chaos Gremlins. Beautiful. Chaos. We got a cleric that was starry-eyed and happy to be out doing cleric work, and then I introduced in a campaign where the village they're in starting to get destroyed. <laughs> so... Oh. Then, then came the trauma. I gave I gave our fresh, bright eyes cleric anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> but as yeah, a, but I was like, that's the kind of thing. Like these stories, stories like this for everybody can happen. You know, you can make these fantastic stories with memories like this. Like me and Decca can recall these memories like so accurately because of how mem- how great they were. But it mm-hmm. it comes from an understanding of your players and the players to the DM. Like, if you're just well, not I, going to be invested in the story, then stuff like this isn't going to happen. You know, you're going to just show up, roll some dice, and then go home and be like, what happened last week? I wasn't really, you know, checked I wasn't paying it. attention. I wasn't paying attention. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, think, I hate that. I think, one of the, I think one of the most memorable things, at least for my gun elf, uh, was he jumped into a room by himself, and... Uh, Sharky started describing uh, what his father looked like, and like, and he's like, and he's like, my father's dead. And he starts shooting, and it's a, and it's a chain devil. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was like I was like Salvador. You see a very uh, because I don't think that was established in your backstory, or if it was, I forgot no. about it. Which I think me forgetting about it might have helped the scene. Because <laughs> I was like, <laughs> yeah, you see, uh, I was like, yeah, you see an older elf. Uh, you see your father for you, and Doctor just had like that moment of. My dad's dead. I'm gonna shoot him in an action surge. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, go for it." <laughs> I was like, "I'm not gonna try yeah, to. Like, okay. I'm not gonna try to keep up the charade." <laughs> like, no, it's the devil. It was like instant. Was, like the gun the- came out instantly. <laughs> like, <laughs> like Salvador like, has a good. Salvador has a good amount of intelligence. He can. He's not easily swayed by his emotions, except for in the case of. Someone taking up the facade of his father and he's just <laughs> with his rifle. And like I said, I don't think we give our friend Alvin enough credit when it comes to role playing. Because when our Alvin joined our campaign very late, like near the end of it, and uh he was playing mm-hmm. a former executioner to the region that they were in. And I was just like, Yeah, Alvin, you recognize uh like you recognize this woman because it was just one of the people you executed in the past, and that was our another character's mother in his backstory. And they took the reins like nothing and just went with it. And I was just like, I don't think we give Alvin enough credit on his, you know, role playing when he's just uh, like he's when he's he, given something, he jumps right into it. I love players like that. Um, yeah, I think he likes to pretend he's a, he's an absolute clown, but he's, 
he's good. He's good. Yeah, I think. Uh, have you guys had? Uh, I don't know how many campaigns you all have DM'd, but have you had that player that has like surprised you when the spotlight's like suddenly put on them? Yes. Mm. Yes. What's your story, Hug? <laughs> well, it depends on. <laughs> I had one campaign where um these two characters to distract a guard did a whole like confession scene like have you have you seen it when i can't remember the animated show but it's the with a little bug cat have you guys seen that oh, yeah. i'll have to send it to you guys uh, <laughs> I, I don't i forget the show's name but i know bug cat yeah but but the bug cat was uh doing Bravest just heroes. the most melodramatic Yes, but it was the most melodramatic, like, oh, how could you? But I loved you. And they were distracting the guard. That was hilarious. And then we had one <laughs> where the bard was like, you and me, big bad evil guy, dance battle. And the big bad evil guy, like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Performance checks. I just go. went with it. I just went with it. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? They want to do that. And then they... And then they just sunlocked the big bad evil guy. <laughs> um, I I think. Uh, oh. there goes my internet for a sec. Yeah, it's been a job. Nope, I don't know. If it's, I don't know if it's like uh, been my side or your side just on things, but it's like <laughs> it's it's been my side a little bit. But uh, I think one of the one of the most fun things is it's again to Sharky's point of like having all of these memories that I can just recall about the campaign as I think back on it is uh, we were transporting a child who is literally nothing but wild magic surges oh, away from these just the cars yeah yeah so, and yeah and, put, uh, just to like put it into the thing the region that they were in like I said all of my stuff is like tropey earth. So this this region that they're in is our equivalent of Spain. So there's this Inquisition mm -hmm. that's hunting down mages. And there's this just little girl tiefling who is just a conduit for wild magic. So if you cast a spell near her, wild magic is going to surge. Oh. Every time. Story of my life. I returned to a pot turn into a potted plant. Let's go. And it <laughs> I, I introduced it, and of course the party took to her instantly. And it became yeah, the babysitting, like escorting them to a new area. And so, as these Jessicars are coming at the party and going to stop the wagon that we're in, Salvador's like, I, Misty, step into that crowd over there. And we're like, ah, oh, shit, that's a spell. All right, roll, roll on the magic surge. Yeah. And then you're dwarvish. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you suddenly know dwarvish, Salvador. It's weird. <laughs> like, like you're just like, okay. Yeah, and it was just that was another thing. It's like I guess that falls in line to you know creating memorable NPCs and bosses. It's like it's always best when the party wants to talk to them if it's an NPC, you know, if they want them nearby or if the villains are you know complex enough where it's like we have to stop him, but he's kind of right, you know, <laughs> like stuff in point. Stuff in this kingdom is not great, but like the way they're going about it is like we can't just let that continue. <laughs> like, yeah. And it just comes into one of those like the the little sprinkling of like moral dilemmas, you know? Oh yeah. 
It's not a line, but it's got a point. <laughs> it's not a I, line, uh, but he's right. Is that right? I still remember one time going off of the taking the NP NPC and being like, you are my child or my friend now. I have adopted <laughs> you. Or you. You're in our friend group. I had that happen once. It's my favorite little bit where I had a, a dark elf who go he went by the name dark that was his the name he chose and he he went to the he went to the group in broken common and asked the knight that we had on our team could could I please like be a part of can I be your squire and they didn't insight check the kid it's like, final yes, battle. of course. <laughs> yeah, no, they did. They did. All of them did. And they learned dark. Uh, they learned uh, underdark for him. They made him a part of the team. They made him the tank because he was a paladin. And then he he was adopted, actually, technically by one of the, the bard, who I mentioned earlier, who did the dance battle. Uh, mm. The bard, she... Uh, she 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 called him her nephew and he stabbed her in the back at the very <laughs> at the oh. last battle hurts your son but inevitable betrayal <laughs> i'm like you guys didn't inside check him this whole time i think that's also being like a a restrained dm because there's probably points in the campaign where you want to be like yeah he's acting a little suspicious Oh, no, I did. I did. Oh, okay. He, he would have to, no, no, they had, he would look, he would be looking in the mirror and crying. And like when he was I'm off in his own room and then. kill these people. But it was, it was because he was talking to the big bad and evil guy's lieutenant. And relaying information, but he also felt bad, but he didn't feel bad, but he did, but he didn't. And they ended up overtaking the last battle by doing a big conversation with Dark. And the big bad evil guy was like, go ahead, whatever. And they just literally were like, they talked Dark down and got him to return to the side of good. It's just forget the it ever happened. It's just the crying Wesley Snipes with the gun. Like it's all that <laughs> it's all that picture is. It's just when it's just the crying Wesley Snipes like aiming a gun at somebody. Yeah. I mean, it was uh it was definitely really fun because I originally had the knight character ended up leaving our campaign due to reasons. Um, and originally, it was to get back at him for kind of being one of those kind of guys. Wasn't my, my proudest moment, but, you know, I was like, you know what? I want to add a little spice into here. And if he's going to not insight check him, well, bully for that. And then he left the campaign because I kicked him out. But then I was like, I can't stop the trajectory I'm on. Yeah. I've already put everything into place. Oh, well. I think uh, before we finish up, too, I think that's another good point. You, as the mm -hmm. DM, have the right to get rid of a player. Yes. If they are mm -hmm. disrupting things or making other players uncomfortable. Or making you, you, you can, uncomfortable. You can be yeah. friends, yes. Yes. But you have to put your foot down saying, I don't think with what the group wants, you fit in at this particular game. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's a. Uh, it's. I mean, it's boundaries one hundred and one. Yeah. Um. I think a D and D group is kind of like, uh, or D you know, tabletop role playing group, however you, however you want to call it, uh, is kind of like 
like a pack of wolves or pirates. Uh, old school pirates, not not modern yeah. pirates. Old school pirates, because you would have basically you have your captain, right, or you have alpha of the pack, uh, and then you have the rest of the pack. And uh, believe it or not, the alpha or the captain doesn't just call sheets. It's not like oh, it's my way or the highway. It's no, they they go to port. They say, okay, you know, crew, what's what's next on the agenda? And they all have a say. They all have a vote. And then once uh, they all decide and they set sail, now it's the captain's show to make. Sh- to basically bring to fruition what the crew all voted on. And so when I see the storyteller um, in a group dynamic, I feel that that's part of the responsibility that they take on is if something needs to be said or something needs to be done or somebody needs to be removed, it's kind of the storyteller's uh, responsibility to step up and say, you know, nobody wants to fire anybody from a job, usually. uh, But, you know, sometimes you got to let people go and that's, Unfortunately, we have that, that uh, reality when it comes to some groups. Um, nobody, nobody wants it, um, but it's uh, it's a fact. Yeah, it's going to happen sometimes. I, I think we can you can normalize the fact that it's not always like it's not that somebody's actively being a piece of shit all the time. Like, yes, sometimes they are, and it's the horror. That's when you get into RPG horror stories. But sure. sometimes yeah. it's not a good trip for the table, and that's okay. Well, so- yeah, sometimes sometimes the dynamic just doesn't work. Sometimes you guys just don't click, um, and that's okay as well. You're right. That's it's it's not like oh I don't like you, so this isn't working. It could just be, you know, I feel you know I'm there's too much being put on my shoulders, or I feel like maybe I'm not contributing it enough, or maybe you miss sessions regularly enough that it starts impacting the regular flow of the game, and it's like you know what maybe you should consider bowing out uh, if not for the, you know, yourself, at least for the rest of the group who we all start relying on each other and counting on each other for that. Yeah. And I think uh, along the same vein, it falls onto players that if you have a large group of players and you know, like there are some players that might not always see eye to eye, the players have to know at the table, like this isn't about us. This is about the group. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if there's something going on, it's like, leave that at the door, not at the table. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You guys can Definitely. hopefully talk about it like an adult afterwards or something like that. But I feel like the hardest thing for a lot of players to do is to not let personal drama affect the table. Like that's a lot of another subset of like the horror story. Reddit is just like people at the table who don't like each other, but they don't try to talk it out. They just show up and keep arguing yeah. It's like just don't don't make it harder for the group and the DM. Like you you everybody's adults. You can sit and talk to each other and figure out like okay, what can we do to be civil here? Right. Yeah. It's it's at least agree to disagree and be respectful about it. You yeah. know, I don't, you don't have, have to like, like you, everybody. I don't have to like you outside right. of the game, but I'm going to be here for four hours with you every Thursday. Like I'm going to Yeah. <laughs> we should at least make an effort here. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think that it was probably a good uh, that's pretty good, good point yeah. to call it. Uh, I look forward to whatever you guys do in future episodes, especially you know as a live stream format. I'd love to tune in and chat and everything. Um, Hug, where can everybody find you? You can find me at Twitch.tv/hugmonster, or you can go to Hugmonster.com, and that's Hugmonster with no O. And Matt, where can people find you? 
Uh, same thing, but swap out Hug Monster for the, the Mad Magus. I am on uh, Twitch uh, and Twitter. Twitter would probably be uh, the most reliable way right now. Let me see. Bear with me. One tickle of a second here and if they're watching this on uh, if they're watching this on youtube all the description all the links will be in the description but if you're watching oh. on spotify uh it is harder to put all that stuff in there so that's why uh, I, yeah I you can it. reach me at uh the mad magus vt on twitter uh that's my most reliable source right now before i start streaming all right anything you want to add Decker, before we call it for today I think we're good. That would be covered a lot of stuff for an hour and ten minutes. Yeah, it definitely feels like yeah. the if it definitely feels like the Luke and uh, Pira episode that we did a, a while back, yeah. talking about Just... session zeros and expectations and party chemistry and all of that. And the next thing you know, it's like an hour later, like oh shit. Like, oh, dang. Yeah, I love these tabletop talks because time just flies whenever we do these kind of episodes. These episodes are the wrestling episodes that Deck and I do with our other friend. <laughs> they just fly by. It's ridiculous. Like, there's so much I'd love to <laughs> say and talk about, but unfortunately, we don't have that time. So I gotta go. Well, I gotta go to my local well thank you for having us on. It means, uh, it means a yeah. lot for this opportunity. Yeah, so... Thank you so much. Yeah. Really appreciate it. All right, and if you were enjoyed this episode you guys can find us here on youtube we do have a playlist and i have set up uh the playlist for the without context podcast to be a podcast on youtube music now so you have another way to listen to us there we are also on Ooh. spotify uh just search up the without context podcast and you can, there is a link in the description if you are watching it on youtube and one of these days i'm gonna make a better outro that actually like sums up where people can find us <laughs> like a little post uh, stinger thing but sorry we've missed a few weeks on the episodes also uh, here and there. I know we've kind of had some easier episodes the last few weeks, but we are going to try to get back into the swing of our like deeper dive episodes like we do here. And as always, I'm Sharky Hat, joined by Deco. Guess Hug and Mad, thank you two for being here. We'll catch you all thank next you. week. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.